and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. He sounds pretty good. He sounds pretty articulate. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Wednesday morning? It is a Wednesday morning, Luke. Yes, it is. Is it Wednesday? That's going to be my contribution right there. I appreciate it. As a matter of fact, Wednesday morning. Get in there early, make the contributions. You can just coast. Stick and move, baby. Here we go. Just like the old days. Oh, my goodness. I'm all jacked up, fired up, ready to broadcast. How about you, Luke? I'm very, very fired up. We're we're falling back into that pattern of it's just the day after a son's win. We're going to get into that in a second. But, Wolf, I told you this off the air. My prediction for the show today. Okay. The prediction for the broadcast today. And it's not even really about the show. It's about what's going to happen in the next four hours. I think either Chandler Jones signs somewhere. Von Miller signs somewhere, or Deshaun Watson gets traded in the next four hours. Oh, man. Um, I would have to say that Chandler Jones, no, you know what? I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson. Oh, you're going to pick traded. one of them. Okay, well, I'm going to pick one of those right. right there. Yeah, how about that? I, I just wow. doubled down that. on what you just said okay. right there. Okay, a great thought by you right off the top of the broadcast. Uh, Deshaun Watson gets traded. I think that is the most likely right here. Do we have a poll? Do we have a web flower poll? on that right there. Do we have I don't know. We just said <laughs> it, so we, they'd be really on hey, top boys, of it if they had Boys that. of the flower. That's what I call them, by the way, out there. Do flower they know that that's power. what you call them? Oh, yeah. Okay. No, absolutely. Boys of the boys of the flower. Um, why don't we do that? Let's put that up as a poll question. All right. Wouldn't that be cool right there? Was. Kind of the, okay. the, the web flower power poll right web there. Web flower how power hour? That? I love that, man. Put that up there and see how that flies. I can't see it from here. I don't think any of them are acknowledging Look, they're us. too busy back there. They really don't care. Anyways, they're not listening. <laughs> they're writing. That's what they do. Oh, yes. They that's that's what they want you to believe. Oh, man. The flower power. They sit there and they write. They watch whatever sports are on during the day. They're probably watching a March Madness preview right now. You know what? They're great to talk to. As a matter of fact, you walk by them. Just say one thing to them. They take that. Yeah. And it's a whole conversation for the next five minutes. You do. That's why I don't talk to them. You you often will go out there and stir them up during a commercial break and then come back in here and I can just hear them all yelling back there. It's fantastic. I just keep walking. Um, well, you're an instigator. So the uh, the game last night, the Suns win 131-115. to 115. Wolf, there are some really good uh, audio clips after that uh, game. I want to start with this one, though. This is Devin Booker. Because remember, the last time they played New Orleans, they lost to New Orleans. Yes. Now, in case you have been living on another planet for the last few months, the Phoenix Suns are 55-14. and 14. Nobody's catching them. They're going to be the number one seed. They're going to have the best record in the NBA. These games, by and large, in terms of the standings, if you just look at the standings, these games are meaningless. And yet the Suns are not approaching them like they're meaningless. And you might wonder why. Well, here's Devin Booker. No, we owe them. You know, that's, that's exactly what we say amongst each other is we owe them, um, especially the way they came on our home court and, and did us bad. Um, there's a lot of talented players over there, you know, really talented group, but, you know, we, we wanted this one bad. Did I not say word for word on this show yesterday when Maloney asked us what we wanted from the game? 
last night. Yes. That I wanted to hear Devin Booker or somebody <laughs> talk about how they owed the New Orleans Pelicans. Yes, you did right and there. There you go. And it is. You can hear the barking. You can you can hear the barking behind Devin Booker as he says that. Now, I'm saying that, of course, um, metaphorically, because you can't literally hear barking We could remix on. it with like but a DMX song. I, I can tell you right now, context is always a good thing. Context is a good thing, especially if you're going to go out and you're com- you're going to compete at the highest level. It's really, really good for you to take context into consideration when you go out and compete. And the last time these guys did that, they gave up what? I think 16 offensive boards, 16 offensive boards and lost by 15 to the New Orleans Pelicans. Mm-hmm. 117 to 102, as a matter of fact, was the score. Um, that was embarrassing for a pack of dogs. The way the Suns are a pack of dogs. That's embarrassing to go out and let that happen. And I think, I think coming into this game, I believe every word that Devin Booker is saying. I, I believe every guy in that locker room knew it's go time. Yeah, they're the Pelicans, okay? Yeah, they don't have Zion, yet at the same time, we're going to go out and we're going to hammer these guys. Yeah, it's clearly a mentality. It's clearly a point of emphasis. They're 7-4 and four without Chris Paul, so it's not like they really... I mean, they, that's not the, the, the clip they were winning at when he was in there, no. but they're still... I mean, for some of those games, they didn't have Devin Booker or Chris Paul, or they'd have campaign for some of them, and they haven't had Cam Johnson for most of them, but we heard a similar refrain after the game against Miami a week ago where it was, yeah, we owed these guys. Miami was the one team that had beaten the Suns this season that they hadn't also beaten. In fact, Miami was the only team the Suns hadn't beaten. Miami, the, the Suns have beaten every team in the NBA, but the stat right now that really stands out to me is of their 14 losses, there's only one team they've lost to twice, and that was Golden State. And I'm not going to minimize Golden State, but I mean we all know the second time they played Golden State, the Suns were in the second half of a back-to-back without Devin Booker. So it's going to be tough to beat anybody in that position, let alone uh, a team like Golden State in Golden State after you had just beaten them earlier in the week. That was the scenario. But either way, even if you want to say, okay, everything's even, you lost to Golden State twice, every other team that has beaten the Suns this season, Wolf, if they've played them again, they've beaten them. Yeah, and you know what? It matters to this team. Once again, they're keeping score on stuff like that. You just heard Devin Booker say it. What happens we in a seven-game series? <laughs> if a team has the audacity to beat the Suns in Game 3 and it's 2-1 no Suns, Zion, they're going to be offended. No Brandon Ingram, and they owed these guys. <laughs> you know what? And they came out and they played like they owed the Pelicans last night. I mean, the Pelicans came out swinging, too. They yeah. did. They came out, they were shooting the ball so well. They're playing for their on. season right now. Yeah, they were like 5 of 7 halfway through the first quarter in terms of hitting threes. They were on fire. They came out swinging, and the Suns took that shot, and then just, man, it was fade to black for the Pelicans from that point on. Of those two teams, the team that needed the game more, and it's not even close, was the team, New Orleans, that is now one game up on Portland for that final play-in spot. Like, they are playing for their season. They're two games up on San Antonio. Is New Orleans, if they make the play-in, going to go on a run and, and make some deep run in the Western Conference playoffs? No, probably not. Unless, I mean, if they got Zion back, that would be interesting. 
But uh, but they're they're the desperate team. The Suns are still up seven and a half games. They could yeah. lose out and win the number one seed. Exactly right. Uh, JaVale McGee after the game. Remember, this is the guy on the team that has rings, and so he's he's been in these situations before, closing out a regular season when the games maybe don't mean as much in the standings. This is what he had to say. I definitely think those these moments uh, at the end of the end of the season. Uh, it, it, it'll be easy to just, oh, we got the number one spot and whatever, we can relax. But uh, championship teams, especially the ones that I've been on, I've seen the, those last 15, 14 games when you're really ramping it up for the playoffs to get your mind right, to get physically right, to to get on, on court mind right, just ready for that playoff mentality and, and really locking in and doing what we need to do. Um, we missing uh, Cam, we missing Chris, but it's no drop-off uh, because 1 through 15 is locked in. Um, and I think once Chris comes back, once Cam comes back, uh, right before those playoffs, it's going to be even better. We're not even playing our best basketball right now. I love that for a lot of reasons. There's a lot that he said in there. But, okay. but, but specifically, you're talking about a guy who has won. JaVale has three rings, I believe. So you're talking about a guy yes. that's been on some really good teams. And he's talking about, no, it's not about resting guys and then, hey, we're going to flip the switch in game one of the playoffs. No, this is when you're ramping up. And I don't know what that exact number is, but for me, it's always been like I at least want them playing their best basketball with five or six games left, really going into the playoffs. I hate. I mean, we see it. We saw it even in football this year with the Packers. You got a first round bye, and you rested everybody in the last week, and you came out flat and lost. It's just incredible to see it uh, again. I, I continue to marvel at the Phoenix Suns and their intensity and the way they prepare for a game and the way they go out and embrace the game and the way they tap into the rage tree. And it doesn't matter who they are. We owed the Pelicans. <laughs> no Zion, no Bra- again. I, I just we owed the Pelicans. Because they beat us by 15 and had 16 offensive boards. How dare they <laughs> exactly, win an NBA game? <laughs> exactly right. Um, it's a mentality that the Suns have, and I, I so appreciate it. I, I'm, I'm, I have said this before. I'm jealous of what it must be like inside that locker room inside that tunnel to watch these pack of dogs once again go about their business it is a it is so cool to see this as a former professional athlete this intensity take over to a man to everyone that plays for the phoenix suns you better be ready you better be ready to go you better be ready to tap in or you're going to be the outlier on this team and i love that Coming up, the Cardinals are one of a few teams that have yet to add a player in free agency. So how do we think Jeff Gladney would fit in the Valley? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, well, free agency has slowed down a little bit, as you would expect. Right? Not, it hasn't been as many splashes since, uh, what, day one, I guess. Yeah. Still some big names out there. Some of the biggest names, actually, no are still out there. It. Yes. The uh, Arizona Cardinals, you put this in your email this morning, one of nine teams that have not signed anybody that wasn't on the team last year. Now, some of that's because Jacksonville and the Chargers have signed everybody. Yeah. But um, 
That is, if you had told me we're going to be two days into this, we're in the new league year, like, here we go, and the Cardinals still have not added anybody, and Chandler Jones is not on a roster, that's both, both uh, surprising turns of events for me. Yeah, there's anomalies that are out there right now. I think if you would have told me that Jordan Hicks was actually going to sign before Chandler Jones, <laughs> I would have been that's, just absolutely, yeah. what, are you, what are you talking about? Honestly, but I, I think what's cool about this is free agency is in a state of flux. It is. When you think about the philosophy of free agency and front offices, general managers, and how they're thinking and how they're considering free agency and what free agency is all about right now. It's not just about going out and getting the big names and making the big splash. As a matter of fact, most of the time, general managers, that that is dangerous to them. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Google it, my young crunks. Right? It's dangerous to make that big splash and put all your money into that when maybe you could go out and get three starters. Maybe you could go out and get three starters for the same amount of money that it would take to sign Chandler Jones. Yeah. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Wow. Okay, Google it. <laughs> You'll have to. We just crunks. played it. But do you get my point, yeah. right? Yeah, it, it's um, it's been strange. The Rams haven't really added anybody. I'm just looking within the division. Seattle has lost some players, uh, and that was to be expected. San Francisco's added some guys, but they still... <laughs> I think they still have question marks at quarterback, but maybe they don't feel that way. But um, The Vikings were like, hey, listen, we can get Jordan Hicks here on a song and a prayer, basically. Yeah. That's the way they saw that. He signed a nice two-year deal, and I'm glad for Jordan. I'm just looking at some of the top players that are still out there, okay? Teron Armstead, Von Miller, Chandler Jones, Allen Robinson, Stephon Gilmore, Bobby Wagner, Tyron Matthew. So some big, big names right there. I, I would some say some of the biggest names. Football. Yeah. Excellent football has been played. So one name that hasn't been on any of these uh, these lists or these trackers as you go through free agency is Jeff Gladney, who's a name that maybe you don't even necessarily know. I wouldn't say he's a household name. He was a first-round pick by the Vikings in, what, 2020, and only played a season and then was arrested for domestic violence charges and then was recently found uh, to be not guilty. So... The reason we're bringing up Jeff Gladney is because there was a report from Pro Football Network's Aaron Wilson that the Cardinals were meeting with Jeff Gladney. He's a corner, uh, again, first-round pick out of TCU. There's you know, there's a lot there. There's yeah. a lot of potential baggage. Um, where do you come out on this? Yeah, you know, honestly, right now, um, the man was found guilty, or was not guilty, um, by a court of law. I, I'm I'm sorry. It's one of these deals. I believe in that. In the United States of America, um, you know, he was found not guilty. So I don't know anything about him. I really don't, other than the fact that he is a guy that I hope gets a second chance and makes good on that second chance. Because his career got totally waylaid. The pandemic, of course, he was drafted in 2020. And then last year, going into last year, he actually started, what, 15 games in 2020. And then all of a sudden had those off-the-field issues right there. And he was found innocent in a court of law. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine (laughs) this has got to be one of the toughest things as a GM to proceed with. Because when when you have charges like that, you're like, okay, well, I don't want this guy on my team, obviously. But then when somebody's found 
not guilty, then what are you supposed to do? Correct. Right? So I would imagine he will get a second chance. I would imagine teams are going to interview him pretty intensely, though, before they give him a second chance. Because you don't want to do is go down the path of, okay, yeah, we like this guy, and then he comes in and he burns you two years down the line by Correct. doing something else, and then it's like, okay, now wh- you know what's going on here? Why did you put yourself in that position? Who knows? I don't know the guy either, and as far as we know, he's innocent. So he's going to get a second chance in the NFL. We're talking about a first-round talent, and not a first-round talent from 10 years ago. No, exactly right. Um, here's a guy who's got some good size, base and earnings, 5'10", 192 pounds. He ran a sub 4'5", at the combine, a 4'4", if memory serves. Um, this guy, what I love about this, Jeff Gladney, he's going to be the definition of hungry going forward. When you talk just about the game of football, and that's what we're talking about right now with Jeff Gladney. When you talk about football going forward, he's going to be hungry. He's going to be the definition of hungry, I would imagine, to get his career back on track So he needs to go to a team that runs the schemes he excels in, which is press man, and has the opportunity to play. He needs to play. Guess what? The Arizona Cardinals check both of those boxes. The only thing I would say is, for me, if I look at the Cardinals secondary, you're set at safety. You have one of the best safety duos in the NFL. No You've got some depth behind them. You feel so good about that. And I don't look at corner as like, as a huge weakness necessarily I just look at it as something you could strengthen but but to me strengthening it is ideally you would bring in you know JC Jackson's name was thrown around Carlton Davis Stephon Gilmore Stother guys like that you bring in they're immediately your number one corner and everybody else kind of slides down the depth chart or into specific roles a guy like Jeff Gladney would not be a sure thing by any means. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going out and bringing a guy, okay, that's a sure thing. Jeff Gladney has question marks whether you want to look at the off-the-field stuff or you just want to look at the simple fact he's played one season in the NFL. It's it's not like this is an established uh, corner in this league who's been a shutdown guy. Um, but we'll see. I mean, <laughs> they really, the Cardinals have not added anybody yet. They're going to start to add guys, and this... If they really did meet with him last night, is the sort of guy you could see the Cardinals going out there. You're probably going to get him cheap. He does. He he is at a position where I don't think it's a glaring need, but it is a need at corner still. You need some depth there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, the scheme that Vance Joseph runs here is a scheme that fits. Jeff Gladney, um, again, a lot of man cover, a lot of man off, but a lot of press man as well. So I think this is something that Vance Joseph had to get away from because of the corner room and because of the injuries that actually transpired, especially in the second half of the season. Uh, Marco Wilson actually seemed like he hit a wall. So the secondary, this would be a huge deal to get a corner that has the skills, has the abilities to actually shine in this scheme. And then, of course, with Marco Wilson and Byron Murphy as your two corners, we all know you need that third corner. Jeff Gladney would have an opportunity to come here to Arizona and get his career back on track. I'm sure they're they're probably looking at him on a one-year deal, a one-year contract, a prove-it contract, if you will. And that, to me, is something that I am very, very interested in if I'm the Arizona Cardinals. So if you, if you brought him in, you're essentially, that's almost, to me, like drafting somebody in the first round or even the second round. I mean, he's played a year, but you are bringing in a guy who's relatively inexperienced in in the NFL at that position. You're bringing in a young guy. I mean, you, you potentially 
you can see why they would at least be meeting with him because there's major upside there. You might get a first round talent at corner on the cheap. He's, I mean, you start to go down the list of corners that are available, like big name corners, and Darius Williams signed with Jacksonville too. So that's another one off the list. Can I also tell you right now that there are many players that come into the league that have some type of incident, like Jeff Gladney had. Many players that learn from that incident. And never let anything like that happen again. Ray Lewis is one of those guys right there. Um, Exhibit A, I would say. But there are many guys that would come in and any type of altercation whatsoever, it might not be the worst thing that happened to him. Now, once again, I, I know nothing about the case. I know nothing about the facts. I know nothing about what happened other than the fact he was found innocent of these charges in a court of law. And that matters to me once again. So having said that, um, he's going to get that opportunity right here. And maybe that second chance is going to be the best thing that happens to Jeff Gladney. Text us your thoughts on the Cardinals free agency. The FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up, Christian Kirk, Chase Edmonds, Jordan Hicks have all found new teams before Chandler Jones. What does it mean? We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right. Chandler Jones still doesn't have a team. Von Miller still doesn't have a team. Wolf. I'm assuming when one happens, the other one's going to happen pretty quick. I totally agree with that. Okay. Yes. I mean, it, it has to, right? I don't know. These guys are going to sign, right? They These guys <laughs> are playing coming each up. other and playing off of each other, I would imagine. There can't be that many teams. We went through some of the, uh, the, 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 the potential landing spots yesterday. You know, um, teams that could actually afford either of these guys and and has like a legit need for them. Like you said yesterday, I thought it was a really good point. If you're a team that's not really a playoff contender, if you're entering rebuild mode right now, it doesn't make any sense for you to add Chandler Jones and Vaughn Miller. So this isn't as simple as all 32 teams want them and it's a bidding war. It's like, no, you can go through and you can start to take out certain teams. You can take out the Jets. You can take out Houston. You can take out... The giant. I mean, I think you can take out half the NFC East. Uh, you can take out Detroit. You can take out a lot of these teams. Seattle, I don't think, even though they were linked to Chandler Jones uh, a couple weeks ago, that was before they traded away Russell Wilson and let Bobby Wagner go. I don't understand what good Chandler Jones would do for them. So you start, and, and the same applies to Von Miller. You start to look and you see, okay, maybe there's like 20 teams that it makes sense. Now, how many of them could actually afford him? And you start to get down to like 10 teams, right? At a certain point, this money that was going to go to Chandler Jones or Von Miller is drying up because it's going to other guys. Yeah, and you have to wonder, too, if these teams are looking at these two guys that are out there right now, Von Miller and Chandler Jones, and thinking to themselves, my goodness, you know, these guys are so similar. (laughs) We think they're so similar, and it's how much juice they actually have left in the tank, we also think, is very, very similar right here. So maybe they're trying to get a deal. Maybe they're trying to actually shave a little bit off the top. Um, I don't know if that's going to work in the end. I think at some point in time, you've got to be definitive. You've got to make an offer and you've got to stick to it. And I think at some point in time, that is going to happen. You were talking about the possibility of Chandler Jones signing 
before the end of the show. And I think that's a really, really good possibility that that is going to happen. I do. I think Chandler Jones goes first. Okay. And he's a year younger. And that's the reason why I think he goes first, ultimately. I have this odd feeling that Von Miller is going to Dallas. And, and I don't know if it is because now they need somebody like that because Randy Gregory's gone, or if it's just the pettiness of the Cowboys being like, okay, Denver, we thought we had Randy Gregory signed, and you took him, so we're going to take Von Miller. I know they're taking him from the Rams, but Von Miller, I think most people identify as a Denver Bronco. That's where he spent all but, like, what, a dozen of his, of the games in his career? Dallas is never afraid to spend money. They do need somebody like that. They consider themselves a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. I think they're on the very short list of teams. What I just don't want is Chandler Jones on the Rams. That's all I'm saying. I just don't want Chandler Jones on the Rams. Yeah, you know what is so interesting? No, I'm with you on that one right there. No Rams. No Rams. No way. Please, not just, the Rams. Especially for Anybody but the Rams. Like, Von Miller's already been on the Rams. Yes. It's not great for everybody else, but I can at least accept that because he's kind of already there. So it's just consistent pain. If you add Chandler Jones to the Rams instead, I, for some reason, that, that will hurt more. Man, uh, you mentioned the Cowboys, and the Cowboys, I think, they've got to be involved in this. They've got to be talking to Von Miller. they got to be talking to Chandler Jones. they got to be playing these two guys. They've got to be one of the entities that are involved in securing some type of edge help. Now, after losing Randy Gregory, after they thought they had him signed, you would imagine the Dallas Cowboys are all over these two guys right here, right yeah. in the middle of it. And that brings up an old nemesis of the Arizona Cardinals, Dan Quinn. <laughs> Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator, Pete Carroll disciple, is he not? This is a guy that loves to play man cover. When the Legion of Boom was the Legion of Boom and the Legion of Doom, Dan Quinn was a defensive coordinator and a defensive coach as well up there. Loves to play cover three, a three-deep zone, three-deep, four underneath. Loves to play that, but also loves to play man cover. Man free. Man across the board with a free safety in the middle of the field. And loves to play robber. Robber coverage, Basin Onions. It's really, really easy. It's man across the board, a free safety high in the middle of the field, just like man free. And then a lurker down low. A guy that we used to call the robber, who was looking for any type of crossing route to jump. This is Dan Quinn. This is Wolf's Playbook for Dummies. Robber. This is also known as lurk coverage, man cover with a free safety in the middle of the field, and a robber or lurker down low looking for crossing routes. There it is. How many of those book. do we have, do you think? You know what? I have no idea, but I just know Maloney walks around regurgitating some of this <laughs> stuff from time to time right here. Um, that is Robert coverage right there, and that is Dan Quinn. Those are the three coverages he loves to play. Now, listen, over in Dallas, he played a lot more cover, too. A lot more. As a matter of fact, it was like, Dan, I don't even know you anymore. You know, he was looking at him. One Wolf's day. Playbook for Dummies. <laughs> cover two. Zone cover, two safeties deep, five underneath with corners rolled up, rush four. That's <laughs> just awesome right there, isn't it? Thank you, Maloney. We I just appreciate picture, it. Like you walking around, this is how you talk to people, because it is. And Maloney just walking behind you being like, let me translate for you. Just let me let me just do this he for you. He did, though. He played a lot more of that stuff, and I'm not going to mention the other coverage that he's playing. I'm guessing we have I'm a, just not a clip going on that. to do it right now, but uh, I think... 
that he, he getting a guy like Chan might actually make him play a little bit more of that man cover that he likes. Well, there's a couple things here as far as how it would affect the Cardinals. If Dallas gets either one of those guys, Von Miller or Chandler Jones, I think that makes Dallas a legitimate threat in the NFC. Yes, their division by and large has been trashed the last few years, but that doesn't mean Dallas can't be good. And if you, it pains me to say that, but let's just say they added Von Miller to a defense that already has Micah Parsons. Perish the thought. And your offense does score. So I guess what I'm saying is I want both of these guys over in the AFC. Let's just keep pushing everybody over to the AFC. Yeah. Because but the AFC is brutal. That's fine. That's their it's issue. That's not my brutal. issue. Uh, the other thing... But now Brady coming back, too. You have to remember yeah, Tom Brady's back. I know. Back in the NFC. Knock it off, Tom. That thought of the NFC quarterback uh, landscape being so wide open kind of changed when Aaron Rodgers stuck in Green right. Bay and Tom Brady came back. It's still more wide open than the AFC, but it's it's uh, it's it's not as easy as it looked a couple weeks ago, potentially. The he other thought... unfinished business. <laughs> Sorry, kids. Maybe I have to, unfinished business. He had to clean out his locker or something. Um... <laughs> Dad, you've played 22 years. Yeah, um, not even 23. How many Super Bowls have you won? Uh, I have unfinished business. How kids. many Super Bowls did he win Like after the age of 35? He's won like <laughs> okay. six of them, hasn't he? Yes. Five or six of them. Like, that's ridiculous. Brady, Brady, Brady. Unfinished business. Yes. But the other thought, though, is if if this keeps, to, it keeps lingering like this, we got into it a little bit yesterday. I'm not saying Chandler Jones is coming back to the Cardinals. I'm not saying that the situation... I still think he's going to get paid. I still think he and Von Miller are both going to get paid. But I'll just reiterate that if there were any scenario where Chandler Jones was coming back to the Cardinals, it would look like this, where both he and Von Miller weren't on teams two days into free agency, essentially, and other guys around them had already signed, and teams were starting to use up their money. I still don't think he's coming back for a few reasons, but if he were, if you were one of those people holding out hope that he was going to, this is about the only way it could actually happen. So, can't rule it out completely yet. Yeah, if in fact so much of it has to do with that third corner right there, and that's why the Jeff Gladney conversation is very, very interesting. you got to remember, Jeff Gladney was a first-round pick, as you said, Luke, and not only that, he started 15 games his rookie year. Started 15 games. He's got that kind of talent to go out and be that number 3 corner where maybe Vance Joseph says, man, I guarantee you now we're going to play some man again. And maybe that is more appealing to Chandler Jones, knowing that he's going to be coming. We're going to play some man, and now all of a sudden that edge gets a little juicier, and Chan's staying here. If the Cardinals can come up with the money to be competitive, especially if Von Miller signs before Chan. Well, yeah, and I mean, if we're just if we're just throwing out ideas, I mean, going down that path, if they were to sign Jeff Gladney or somebody like that, you're probably not paying a whole lot for him. No. So not only would no. it maybe be a more appealing type of defense or style of defense to Chandler Jones, you would have more money to give Chandler Jones. Right. So once again, do I think that's going to happen? I don't my brothers? No. No. I don't. But sorry, I thought he'd be signed two days into free Indeed. agency, too. The Madness tips off tomorrow. Compete in the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks for your chance at $4,000. Just text BUCKS to 620-620. We'll send you a link to fill out your bracket. That's BUCKS to 620-620. It's the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. 
Coming up, what has been the key to the Suns' success on the road? We're joined by Suns broadcaster for Bally Sports, Kevin Ray. Next, it's game day with K. Ray. The Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Taps it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom. And catching bodies on his way to the rack. Sons, game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. And the Suns right back at it again tonight, even though they did play last night. Five o'clock tip from Houston. Suns and Rockets joining us right now because it is game day. And that means game day with K Ray is Kevin Ray of Valley Sports. Wolf can't have game day with K Ray without K Ray. So, K Ray, we appreciate the time, man. Uh, what did you think last night of the uh, the Suns once again showing that mentality of feeling like they owed somebody some payback because New Orleans had the audacity to beat the Suns in an actual NBA game a couple weeks ago? <laughs> right. I mean, you know, it, over the course of an 82 game season, you, you can understand how, you know, because Monty uses the phrase mental stamina, but, you know, mental fatigue as a player in the NBA, I can only imagine uh, what that is like. And, you know, you, you kind of have to find different ways to motivate yourself. And, and I do think, and Wolf knows this better than you and I have played at, at a high level, but you know, I, I do think that it's one of the things that just continues to separate this team from so many others. Um, just getting, you know, frankly, pissed off when they get beat. <laughs> they intend to atone for those mistakes. <laughs> Kay, I, I mean, honestly, I, you hear me talk about it all the time, and I know there's a lot of people that are probably getting tired of it. I really don't care. As a former professional athlete, man, it blows my mind that they can summon the kind of intensity that they do and go out and play with the kind of consistency that they do. It is an incredible thing to behold. It doesn't matter who they're playing so much of the time it's about the suns and how the suns play and if they play up to their standard it really isn't going to matter what the other team yeah. does yeah no exactly and that was one of the things that in talking to monty before the game last night and you know as, as this team continues to you know pursue what will be the the best overall record uh very good chance they will finish with the franchise best but he said for us it's not even so much about that it is just the, the standard of excellence that we pursue on on a daily and uh, a nightly basis and we know what our standards are he said we don't strive for perfection because perfection doesn't exist but we strive for excellence and that's what they put on display you know almost every single game Talking to Kevin Ray, uh, K. Ray, JaVale McGee had a good game last night, and and even going into that game, I think a lot of people maybe have the the thought, and I'm one of them, that uh, you know this is when we're going to see JaVale McGee's value to this team actually increase. And he talked after the game about you know he's been on on teams that have won titles before, and you the the tendency is to think okay, there's two or three four weeks left in the season, we've got the number one seed locked up, these games don't mean anything. And he said it's it's actually the exact opposite. You want to be ramping up for the playoffs. I have to think even to a, a team full of guys that were in the finals last year to hear that from a guy that has three rings that's got to mean something Oh, it absolutely does mean something and, and it was interesting too and, and whether it was you know coincidence or not um, 
that JaVale and Monty shared a few minutes uh, following the the, uh, the team shoot-around yesterday. And, you know, Monty sharing with JaVale, like, how much he has changed their team, um, both schematically, what he's able to do as a coach, you know, with, with a backup big, something that they really lacked last year. And just, yeah, his overall approach in his 14th season. And it does become infectious. And, you know, you see how much the guys love him. I mean, with the whole dog pound act before the oh, game. Don't get me started. You know. <laughs> don't get me started, and, Kay. Yeah, and, and it's absolutely true. And that energy, and I said this on the telecast last night, I mean, he only averages about 15 minutes a game. But it is 15 minutes that I'm sure for the opponent probably feels like 40 because he is just an absolute whirlwind, a tornado out there. And there was two or three plays last night that were just classic JaVale. Um, you know, he, he'd gotten, I think, beat on one play, hit the floor, and most guys are going to take their time, especially when you're seven feet tall and your arms and legs, you know, feel like they're 12 feet long. But he pops up, sprints down the other end of the floor and helps generate a steal. You you just don't see that, especially from a guy, like you said, that's got three rings, that is the 14th season and, you know, is, is a reserve. But that is, those are the kind of guys that James Jones and Monty Williams, you know, recruit desire to have in their program so when you look at last night's game this is something i think we've got to come up with but something we've got to develop here on the wolf and luke show when you look at the pack of dogs and i mean that what a pack of dogs i don't know if i've ever seen a collection of of dogs in a locker room the way the phoenix suns actually have this pack of dogs who was the alpha dog last night to you you mentioned javel mcgee was there an alpha dog to you last night well i mean you know you you start with book um, you got to right and yeah and book is book is one of those quiet dogs man like you, you know you, you walking through those walking through those alleys or by that yard and the, you know it's not real lit up and you know you think everything's cool and then all of a sudden you hear just this low growl you know you know what i'm talking about like I do. That, like that like that wolf growl and it's the one that like makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up that's book there's yeah. not a whole lot of bark there man but it is a bite that will <laughs> yes i'm with you on that one right there that's what i would say too and you know 27 points in 30 minutes that's pretty doggone yeah. good right there. And he came out yeah. and he was, he was one of the big reasons the Suns got out to that big lead. He was the primary reason. Well, and he had said, um, and you can go back to that game against New Orleans, and, you know, there were some extenuating circumstances, but taking nothing away from New Orleans on that night, they, you know, they, they played the better game and they got the win. But, you know, he said we, we owed them, but he said the one thing that we kind of really looked at, and this goes back to them, you know, pursuing excellence, he goes, we haven't been closing quarters the right way since Chris went out. And he said we were intent on making sure we did that tonight. And what did he do? You know, right there in that third quarter, just when the Pelicans looked like they were maybe, you know, starting another run, he rips off five quick points and hit that three mm-hmm. in the final second of the quarter. And Willie Green acknowledged afterwards, he goes, that was the one, was the punch to the gut. And we just, you know, we, we were never able to get back on our feet again. 
Okay, Ray, you look at these last two games, you see the Suns have scored 271 points in two games, and it doesn't really, it's not like anybody had a 50-point game in there. You just kind of look around, you expect Booker to get the points he's gotten. But one guy that's been scoring a little bit more lately is Mikael Bridges. He actually hasn't led the team in scoring in a game since late January, but he's averaged over 17 points a game in March. What have you seen from Mikael here over the last few weeks? Yeah, just, you know, a, a, a young man. Uh, you know, Monty called him a kid yesterday because he's 15 years old, as he joked. <laughs> you know, he, he loves to play the game, but I, I think what we're seeing is Mikel really, like, understanding what he's capable of doing offensively. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw it in spurts last year, and I think so much of it was, you know, because of his, you know, humbleness, if you will, deferring to Book and to Chris. But through their imploring and pushing and guidance uh, and his incredibly hard work, he he's realized what he's capable of doing. And, you know, last year it was primarily with the three-point shot and, and the drives. Now you're seeing him add a whole new thing of bags or a whole new, you know, thing, you know, his offensive bag night in and night out. The mid-range game has become a huge part of his offensive attack. And he's catching opponents off guard because he shoots the three so well. Now he's got a willingness to put the ball on the floor, get that dribble drive, and as he has seen Book and Chris do so effectively, you know, that 12, 15 footer is absolute gold, and he is punishing teams with it. All right, Barbados, thank you so much for coming on, man. We appreciate it, Kay. <laughs> appreciate you, buddy. As always, boys. Okay, we Take love care. you, man. God Thanks, bless. Kevin. That's Kevin Ray with uh, Game Day with K Ray calling in on the 72 Sold Sports Line. Get your price at 72sold.com as the Suns get set to take on the Houston Rockets tonight at 5. When we come back, what's it actually like for an NFL player to go through the process of free agency? Well, Wolf will take us back to his own free agency experience next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.